Work, workforce, and workplace norms are shaped as much by popularized portrayals as they are by our lived experiences. From sensational headlines, like The Great Resignation, to successful series, like The Office and Silicon Valley, to skits and stories shared on our social media feeds, what we see shapes what we believe. Let's go behind the scenes to discover what's new now and next in the world of work, and we'll challenge the traditions of what it means to live well and to work well. This is Success From Anywhere. Today on Success From Anywhere, we'll meet a head of people who discovered that workplace well-being starts with two chairs. An expert in the employee value chain as well as the supply chain, please join me in welcoming to the show Alex Gennetti, head of people at Enable. Hi, Alex. Hello. Well, because we talk a lot about work on the show, one question I like to ask every guest to start out, what was your first paying job and how did that job inform or inspire your career trajectory? Oh, I love this question. I've listened to some really wonderful answers. Mine's not quite as jazzy as some of your your former guests, but I grew up in a really small farming community and my family grows walnuts and cherries. And I will deny this if it gets to the government, but my first job was at the age of 13 hauling water tanks through the cherry orchards to keep the dust down back in the day when we were allowed to do that in the state of California. That was my first paying job. That evolved into driving trailers of cherries into packing sheds, driving empty trailers back out of packing sheds. I did that every summer until I moved to San Francisco at the age of 21. And having had that experience, do you still eat walnuts and cherries today? Funny enough, Karen, I'm allergic to walnuts. I don't know. I grew up in the middle of a walnut orchard, can't eat them. Talk about some traumatic childhood experiences. But I do eat cherries all the time. It's cherry season right now. We're recording this at the end of May. We're picking. I get the updates from my parents all the time. I'm not there. I'm here. Thank goodness. Yes, you found your way off the farm and, you know, into, I guess, farming talent. You're growing people and... Which, which is its own version of fruits and nuts sometimes, you so know? True. Oh, that could not have been better said. That's <laughs> And I didn't know your previous job. So, you know, and this is like afternoon at the improv in my world. And now I made a reference in the introduction to your starting out with two chairs and focusing on employee well-being. Say more about this topic of well-being and what you discovered in that business because employee workplace well-being is certainly the topic of our time. It's so, so, so important. My role at Two Chairs was my first true leadership opportunity in HR. I cut my teeth at the leadership table there, and it was so eye-opening to work for a company that truly cared about people. I think a lot of us towed it. Very few of us actually walk it. But Two Chairs was a mental health co- is a mental health company that focuses on bringing affordable and reliable mental health care to the world. And getting the chance to be educated as someone who, at that point in my life, had never sought mental health care was so valuable. And it it just blew open the doors to me to how big of an impact employers can have on their people, whether they're realizing what they're saying or how they're saying it is impactful or not. And it also opened my eyes to the resources that we can lean in to provide to our people that a lot of HR practitioners might not know are free, might not know are affordable, might not know how to even get more information on those and educate their people on them. It really opened my eyes to how I can better take care of people that I'm responsible for at work, but it also helped me take better care of me 
And I am so thankful for my time at Two Chairs, the company there. The people are just, they're wonderful. Um, I'm now at Enable, and it was kind of one of those, you give me an offer, you can't refuse opportunities. I get to work with people I've worked with before. And so the only reason I left Two Chairs was because I had personal relationships at Enable. If it weren't for the people and team I'm with now, I would certainly still be there and helping to bring that mission to the rest of the world. But the Two Chairs way really opened my eyes and gave me so many ideas that I was really excited to bring elsewhere. At the risk of returning you to your farm days, what is some low-hanging fruit when it comes to improving workplace well-being without even spending money? And then we'll dive into more of what you're doing at Enable. But what could we all be doing? What are the conversations we could be having? What are the resources and opportunities we're all missing in this space? You said a really important word, a conversation. There have been so many times I've walked into performance management exercises or meetings with a manager or a leader about maybe one of their people specifically, and I ask the question, okay, how often do you meet with them? How often do you talk to them? And some of the answers I get back for a people person are shocking, but I think for most people are relatively normal. Oh, I meet with them every couple of weeks. When I have a question, I'll ping them. Uh, we meet on this certain meeting topic often. There's no, I meet with them every Monday, I check in with them during our stand-up every other day, I make sure I connect with them on this cadence or that cadence. Relative and consistent communication is not always common. It might be common sense for a lot of us, but it's not something that most people, practitioners, can rely on. You have to kind of force it. So there's two answers to your question. I'm quite long-winded, Karen, too, so stop me, please. Um, there's the free answer and then there's the almost free answer. There's, you can talk to your people, you can find out if they have a partner at home, if they have pets, if they have, have children. Building that psychological safe space is so important where if someone screws something up, if they have a question they're afraid to ask, or if they don't feel secure in something, they have an avenue to talk about that. Building that safe space to create that psychological safety is the most important thing any of us, any of us can do and not, in my opinion, just our work relationships, but in our personal ones as well. And then from an almost free perspective, every plan in the U.S., every healthcare plan, excuse me, in the U.S. carries an EAP, an employee assistance program, and that is something that comes along with healthcare benefits that we have to pay for anyway, and that is a free mental health resource for everybody that is insured by any insurance carrier in America. That's a really easy way for someone in people or in HR, I should clarify people at Enable right now, people is HR, HR is people. Um, that's a really easy way for us to kind of plug employees taking their mental health care by the horns and doing something for themselves that has nothing to do with their employer, but that could be paid for by their employer. So releasing that stigma of, hey, I'm going to tell you you should go talk to somebody because that's not normal or okay or safe for anybody, but giving them the option to investigate that on their own, but then also creating that safe space for them to actually ask that question. Hey, do you know if our employer has any type of mental health care resources? Hey, do you know if I can maybe take a half day because my kid's got an ear infection and I cannot stand the screaming, right? There's there's the psychological safety that it's our, our responsibility as leaders to create, but then also understanding what resources our businesses provide. EAPs being arguably the most common and cheap. And you've now mentioned making the leap to Enable and being head of people. Say more about what Enable is and does as a business. So Enable is a rebate management platform. Our goal is to create trusted trading relationships that help us all serve customers better together. 
So you look at a company like Home Depot, you look at a company like Travis Perkins in the UK, and they have thousands of vendors. They have thousands of special pricing agreements for hundreds of thousands of products. And oftentimes, rebate opportunity is lost. It's forgotten about. It's not used as the, as the strategic driver that it can be used for. And Enable steps in to help bring clarity and consistency and a lot of fairness to those opportunities. Um, our customers reap thousands, in some cases millions, of ROI based on what Enable is able to find for them between their dis suppliers, distributors, and their retailers. And what strikes me as so timely about your business at Enable is smart business leaders right now are looking for every lever to pull to navigate the economic uncertainty that we're in right now and that we see ahead of us. And what showed up for me is managing the rebate process exceptionally well could literally be a lever to pull to save jobs or to be able to invest in developing and retaining the people that you have. 12 to 18 months ago, we started to get the, ooh, this is going to cost me my job. No, no, no. Like, AI is taking over the world, right? Enable's not taking over anybody's job. We are enabling, hopefully, cash for more headcount. We're giving you the opportunity to make your job more effective and more successful and kind of bring rebates into the light and show the world how strategic and helpful they really can be. We've created the term rebate strategist. You know, we're, we're meant to be an enabler, if you will, to those who are trying to find all that I'll say it, money that's hidden under the couch or that a distributor or a supplier might not realize they're owed. It's, it's really been a huge accelerant to helping teams grow, helping revenue grow, uh, making sure that we're finding everything that's under the cushion so that nothing gets left behind, especially in a macroeconomic world like this. That's become a huge selling point for us. Enable is a venture capital backed company. And Sometimes this concept of being an entrepreneur or working at a startup or growth business seems to be at odds with people being healthy and well in, at work. And we sometimes buy into the myth that it just must be crazy busy and you have to sacrifice it all if you go to a startup or growth company. Is that true? It shouldn't be. Oh my gosh, no. Now, I'm getting married this year. I have every intention on building my family next year, and I'm thankful that I get to do that at a company like Enable. I think what oftentimes gets forgotten about or thrown under the rug or just not talked about often is that companies like Enable, venture-backed companies, are on the forefront of people evolution. Not to bash or speak ill of any other industry, but we have the opportunity to be really creative with our lead programs, the opportunity to be creative with how we integrate our work into our life. And I think what you don't get at a maybe more stagnant, slower paced, traditional company is programs and policies that might align with only the legislation that applies to that region or only the policies that have been enforced since 1995, right? Companies that are savvy and venture backed that are going at the pace that enable is going which I'll say is quick is fast it's, there's no there's never a dull moment here they also have the opportunity to be ahead of what people are asking for and enable has taken that on with both feet we have really amazing people programs we have a wonderfully generous leave and we do that because we know that we need to pour into our people what we expect them to pour into us 
And so we can't ask people to sprint during the end of the quarter. We can't, I can't ask my team to give me, you know, sometimes 10 hours a day when we're in the middle of a merit cycle. I can't ask them to do that without also leading and giving on the slow months where life isn't crazy and things aren't, our hair isn't on fire. Those days exist to be totally transparent. I think they exist everywhere. But I think companies specifically that are venture-backed companies in tech, companies that are new and emerging, have the opportunity to change the narrative and treat their people a little bit differently than the world has treated the average worker before. And Enable is certainly doing that. I've seen a lot of other wonderful HR leads also be taking that step. Silicon Valley tech scene I don't think is as scary as people make it out to be. I think people, and again, when I say people, I mean HR here. I've really taken a huge leap, and there's HR tools now that have been sassed, if you will. Extended leaves are so much more common to support a new birthing parent or even a non-birthing parent. There's so much that has been done even in the last 10 years that I hope starts to kind of break the stigma of, oh my gosh, if you work for a tech company, you're going to be working yourself to death 10, 15 hours a day, and you're never going to see your family. Yeah, that's it, The tides are turning, and I'm really happy to be part of that turn, and I'm seeing it throughout the valley, which is great. Yes. And what I like about what you're saying is the concept of turning the entrepreneurial mindset onto the employee experience, that actually the reverse could be true, which is startup and high growth companies have the opportunity to innovate and create the best, most leading employee experiences that make it easier for employees to live well and work well. And that reminded me of an article I read that you wrote, and you talked about getting creative with onboarding employees effectively. And that's an area where I think we're all looking for a few new ideas, especially for organizations that have people who are distributed. Say more about your strategy for employee onboarding. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. So at, a, at Enable, we've created something called Enable U. It's spelled Enable Y-O-U, but it's a play on the term university. It's also a play on our name. The inside jokes that we have at Enable about our actual name, we call ourselves Enablees instead of employees. It's <laughs> employees. So a lot of fun little inside jokes like that. But Enable You is our onboarding program that the business goal of it is to get an employee to ROI as fast as possible. We want someone ramped. We want someone in their seat. We want someone contributing to the business as fast as they can. The people goal of that, people, the HR goal, is for someone to come in, feel cared about, feel connected, to know that no matter where they are, they have the tools, the resources, and the people surrounding them to do their job. There's a ton that goes into that. My team partners really closely with IT. We partner really close with operations to make sure that the Enable You experience is a turnkey walkthrough, a red carpet, if you will, for their first 30 days of what it's like to be an Enable what to expect, where to go to for information. So we have a couple, things, a couple major components that go into that program. The second that they say yes, we call that the yes to desk phase. So depending on the country you're in, you might have a notice period of anywhere from three to six months, which means we got to keep you warm for three to six months. If you're in the States, you probably have a two week period where your employer might even walk you out the day that you give notice, right? So there's a lot of different ways this yes to desk phase can go. And we have people in each relative region to make sure that they're managed correctly. But from yes to desk, we're, t we're checking in on you, we're sending you swag, we're making sure that you know that this massive decision that you just made that impacts your life and probably your family was the right one. We want you to feel that love coming in same day that you felt when you signed that offer letter, right? The second that they're in, day one, that's when the 30, 60, 90 periods start. So you're going through a monthly executive cadence. You meet with every exec every single Monday at the same time. All of us give little segments on what we do, 
why we're here, what our departments do, why they're important, and that's the really important connection piece. They can see, it's fun to watch from like an HR perspective because we get to watch them connect the dots in their brain and say, oh, that, that's what customer success does. Okay, that's cool. And sales talks to them like this. Oh, okay, gotcha. And it just gives them that context to when, if they hear something that they don't understand, if they see something that they might not be totally you know, connecting, they know who to reach out for to figure out how to make those dots connect. And then after that, we transition them into Enable You Learning and Development, where we have a consistent cadence of both soft and hard skill learnings that anybody can sign up for and take advantage of. So it's a huge team effort. Onboarding is our most important program because the way that someone comes into a business will set the tone for their entire employee experience. And that first piece, the yes to yes part, is arguably one of the most important parts because if we don't make them feel the love as they're making this giant decision when they're also probably getting counters from their current employer, other offers might be coming in that they could have been sitting on, we're gonna lose them before we even get them. So making them feel loved from the second that they say yes into that day 30 into day 90, making them feel super connected and well supported. Did you know that 68% of workers say a hybrid workplace is their preference? Make hybrid work for everyone with Robin. Robin is the industry-leading flexible workplace platform for connecting people with rooms, desks, and each other. We've helped companies like Peloton, Toyota, and Hulu build better workplace experiences. Plus, we integrate with the tools you already know and love. To learn more about how we make flexible work a reality, visit www.robinpowered.com. Yes to desk. That is such a critical gap. We've all been in that spot. You mentioned the pressure of getting counter offers from your current employer. You start to have doubts and then you start to doubt, did I make the best choice about where I'm going? And what I like about what you said is it bridges the gap between when you say yes and when you start so that you keep that momentum going and underpin why someone made a great choice and send an early signal that you're setting them up for success. And I would challenge every listener, I mean, what's your yes to desk strategy in your organization? And then once people get into this enable you phase, you talk a lot about moments of meaning. How do you define that? Or how do you go about the process of defining that inside of an organization? Because Lots of organizations are revisiting this topic right now because what employees care about and need has certainly shifted over the past couple of years and yet again in the last six to eight months. So we've built the people team out to consist of people business partners, people programs, and total rewards. And people programs is responsible for making sure that the Enable You program is hitting on those moments that matter that were touching people theoretically where we'll have the highest impact. Uh, we, in some weeks, we've onboarded as, as many as 35 people at the same time. So figuring out a way to do that across engineering, sales, product, IT, people, operations, customer success, it's it's really impossible to do every, every single one of those well. So we've tried our best to make it as equitable and as great as it possibly can be in a bit of a peanut, peanut butter method. But in terms of the moments that matter, that programs team that I mentioned, every time we build a new program or whenever we build a program guide, each program at Enable has a guide that we can reference. So if someone's like, wait a minute, what is Enable You? They can easily reference the program guide on our Confluence page and say, oh yeah, that's the goal of the program. This is where I am in it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And this is where I go after. Each program guide has a moments that matter slide. And so we've identified outright and have been really transparent 
about all these phases, taking onboarding as an example, when I give my welcome to enable speech that I give every Monday to everybody coming in, we take them through the yes to desk and we show them exactly where they are in their phase. We want them to know that we consciously care about what their mindset was as they came into enable. And so that's an example of how we share someone's moment that mattered. Another example of that during onboarding will be on day 30 when they're getting their 30 day review with their manager. It's an important moment for the enabley. It's also an important moment for the manager. And there's a whole manager component of this enable you onboarding experience that is oftentimes glossed over because its focus is always on the employee. But how do we as a people and places team make onboarding effective, easy, and supportive for the manager? So while there's moments that matter for the incoming enabley, there's also moments that matter for their manager that we need to keep in mind as well, especially if they're a first time, if they manage 50 people and they're overwhelmed, if they are a manager of managers, what does that look like? There's so many moments that we have to capitalize on. We map those out with our program guides and we take every new enabley through them so that it's super transparent, they know what to expect, they know that we're also keeping their managers in mind and that we're consciously making all these decisions, not just kind of throwing them into a program like, hey, here you go, have fun, see you in 90 days when your next performance review is due. Yes, and I think about what you've described as adding who you need to know to what you need to know in order to be successful. I mean, when you have executives that are showing up at the same time every Monday and people can do an ask me anything style session, it helps that new employee build a network of people. I mean, not just acumen about how the company works or how their job might work or how a function works, really getting to know the people inside of the organization. And we all know that the way we get things done is by knowing other people who can help us. What are some other activation strategies to accelerate that network of networks inside of any organization? Mm, I love that question. The activation strategy of network of networks. So DEI is a really, really important program for us at Enable. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, the example I give when people are asking how to better understand DEI or for those who are might be in a region or country where it's not popular, there's a really common quote, and I should at this point know who said it, but um, diversity is being invited to the dance and inclusion is being asked to dance. And the purpose of our DEI program is for us to make sure that everybody in Able feels that, like they belong here. Because you can't make those connections. You won't feel secure in reaching out or asking questions in a room full of people you don't know if you don't feel like you belong at that table. So our number one strategy for this to make sure that we gave people those networking opportunities was to first make sure that they belong. Do people feel that they belong somewhere? That's that, back to that psychological safety piece. We ask that question every six months in our engagement survey and we also ask it every month in our pulse survey and if no one is pulsing their teams I highly recommend you do it send one survey a month ask everyone to fill it out short and sweet it will give you so much insight to how your people are feeling and thinking we learned through that pulse that a lot of our business wasn't feeling that they belonged and that to me reads we have misconnection opportunities we haven't been inclusive enough we haven't shown the rest of the business the opportunity for networking and connection because when I pull the leadership team, we all feel like we belong here. But we all are confident that we're at the table we're supposed to be at. We all feel included by everybody else. We all talk to each other all the time. So how can we replicate that feeling that we've all created ourselves since day one? I think when I joined Enable, we had, oh my gosh, maybe 110 people. We're over 500 now. How do we recreate that family feeling while we're far too big to operate as a family? 
And so our DEI team is now split up into five work streams. We have gender identity, we have pride, we have race and ethnicity, accessibility, and corporate. And it's the responsibility for the corporate work stream to make sure that the other four work streams are doing exercises that include everybody, that are educating the business, and the corporate's corporate work stream's job is to make sure that it's all connected to come together to make sure people feel that they can connect, that they do belong, that they are included no matter what table they're at. So kind of a convoluted answer, but that's been our kind of foundational approach to making sure that we have the environment to where we actually can encourage people to connect and feel that they can socialize in that way. We also have a global mobility program that has proven extremely fruitful. Enable has five countries to date, soon to be six, and a lot of those countries carry wildly different cultures. I joke all the time that our team in the UK, compared to the US, we might speak the same language, but we actually don't. I did not know that pants in the UK are not pants in America, and they have a very, very diff different meaning. And so there's so many opportunities I've had to put my foot in my mouth in these countries. And if I had not made those connections and built strong, psychologically safe relationships with people in other countries, I would have probably said the wrong thing in front of 500 people and made half of them hysterically laugh at me or pissed off the other half of them, right? So global mobility has been a really wonderful way for us to not only share industry knowledge, share company knowledge, but also share cultures, which is a huge part of feeling connected, feeling like you belong. And so while we might not have as much of a prescribed connection and networking opportunity just yet at Enable, we're working really hard to build the baseline of, okay, the foundation is here, the environment is right for you to do whatever you might want to do to feel connected and appreciated. Enable is your oyster, you know, do with it what you will. And what you're describing is two critically important steps. First, be conscious of how your communication pattern and style needs to change as your business grows in size. And second, make sure that the strategies that you have in place reflect the people and places that are now a part of your business. And it's so easy for all of us to get caught up in being incredibly busy and miss the fact that moments of meaning are dynamic and they change as our organization changes. This isn't something we put in a manual one time and loaded in Google Docs never to revisit it again. It's as living and breathing as the people that we serve every day in the roles we have as leaders. Absolutely. And there's there's a huge shift. You know, I've, I'm, I specialize between the one and 1,000 scale. I've joined companies at every stage. I've helped to start companies at every stage. I've been employee 29. I've been employee 14557. I've, I've joined it at every evolution. And there's such a distinct change that happens between 50 and 100. You're not a family anymore. You're a, you're a small village, if you will. You expand from being a family to, to a village. And then once you hit maybe 200, 250, you're a community. And you might have a couple of couple different schools. You might have maybe a hospital, you have a couple doctors, and then you get to 500 and you're a full-blown town. You can't operate in the same way that a small family could. And the business has to follow along with that. You have to have the right communication tools. You have to have the right programs in place to support people in different countries at different skill levels at different stages in their career. You're going to have first-time managers in that ecosystem. It's just an entirely different ballgame. And you're absolutely right. The messaging does have to change and evolve with you as you go through those major milestones because what you do at 50, what you do at 200 cannot support you at 500 or 1,000. Well, speaking of gathering, town made me think of this. I like to do a little water cooler segment in every episode where I ask five quick questions. You give five quick answers that replicate this experience as if we spontaneously bumped into each other 
at the water cooler. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I love this. <laughs> it's the lightning round, right? What time of day do you do your best creative work? 3 to 5 p.m. And that's been forced on me because I have a team in the UK, I have a team in Toronto, I have a team on the West Coast, and I also have a team in Australia. And from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, Australia's waking up, Toronto's down. That's like, that's my sweet spot before I got to hop on the phone again. So I've kind of coached myself into 3 to 5 p.m. That's when I can do it. I'm most engaging, and I'm the funniest, though, Karen, between like 9 to 10 Pacific time. So you missed me. <laughs> now we know when to schedule happy hour. <laughs> so speaking of time, imagine every day now has 25 hours instead of 24. What do you do with your extra hour? Oh, go for a walk with my dog and my fiance. That's awesome. Now, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. Oh man, salmon and vegetables. Consistent, good for your brain. What a healthy choice. It's why you can grow all these teams and organizations. Oh, good. <laughs> and it's probably good you have a dog for the next question. Imagine now the zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are three people you want on your team? Mm. Um, not my dog. She barks at <laughs> she, she certainly would. She'd give me away. She'd give me away too soon. Um, I, I would have to say three, three real people or three theoretical people. Hey, it's your call. Anything oh, goes. I, I would certainly say my my fiance and probably his parents because they're a little, little bit more level headed than mine. Mine would be way too ambitious. So yeah, my 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 current little bubble would be wonderful. Maybe ride those last days out together with the people that I love the most because I don't think many of us would survive a zombie apocalypse these days. <laughs> well said. And speaking of ending well, how can listeners stay in touch with you and what's happening at Enable? Oh, find me on LinkedIn, please. Enable's blogs are so fruitful and exciting. We have our second customer conference happening in the next few weeks. Small plug there, but we're all on LinkedIn. Enable.com is our domain. We have also a ton of roles, if I can do a shameless plug. Please do. Somebody listening is looking, and it's good to know where to find you. Thanks to Alex Gennetti, head of People at Enable, for joining us today on Success From Anywhere because success is not a destination. Success is not a location. Success is available to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Thanks for listening.